Welcome to the Scale with Tech and AI Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Jay Farr at Tech Fusion Systems. Our guest is Pearl Michelson at Thanks Imaging. Pearl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so can you give us a, a bit of an overview of Thanks Imaging and what you guys do? Yes, of course. I can definitely give you an overview. So what we do is we tackle conflict right? We are a combined company of conflict resolution services and media marketing. So two different things, but they go hand in hand and they're both important. Um, first things first is conflict resolution. Um, I found uh, in a survey that I've done um, of my own, uh, whether you are, you know, just starting out at work, um, somebody that's worked for a really long time, a student, um, a veteran that's transitioning out of the military, a minority, or somebody in a position of authority that you haven't been in for a long time or generations, they often end up having conflict resolution with an individual who is not willing to understand where they're coming from and somebody wants to be right, somebody wants to win. Uh, conflict really comes from two different perspectives and individuals coming to the problem with their separate perspective taken into account where somebody else might be coming from. Um, and so conflict resolution tools to give people in order to help them tackle the issue and tackle the problem versus everyone going to the principal's office. That's what I call HR, right? Um, <laughs> anytime you get into an, a trouble or a problem, a lot of times you don't hear about it unless you're getting a coaching form um, you're being written up or you're being processed out nine times out of 10. You don't go to HR to say, hey, I have an issue with uh, Jane Doe or John Doe. Let's sit here and here's some tools to work on those conflict tools. It's just, this is what I heard. Don't do it again. Otherwise, there's consequences, which is not beneficial for anybody. And then the second part of it is the media marketing side. So we do video content. We talk about collaborating with other influencers, things like that, or other businesses, right? B2B. And we help people establish their social media presence for those that are not familiar with that, or they're just used to doing Etsy or just a website, and they don't really know the best way to connect with their audiences now that things have changed when it comes to technology, AI now, even though it existed a long time ago, but in a different capacity now. Yeah, and so that's what we do. We create those avenues for for people. Yeah, that's it's interesting. You have both of those services under one roof, and they really do complement each other because they're both highly needed, sought after business services. I'll ask you this because we were both in in the Navy for a while. Mm -hmm. Did you have a lot of conflict there? I had some, but we worked so much that you just didn't really mess with it too much. It wasn't really it wasn't um, much resolution there for us. It was just be quiet and do your job. Hand. <laughs> right. Yeah. So for obviously the military, there's a chain of command, right? There's a lot of respect there. And to answer your question, I did have conflict in the military, even though I was very professional, respectful, things like that. I think the conflict that I ran into had more to do with rank and people trying to go up that military ladder and make it to the next pay grade than anything having to do with the actual conflict at hand. It, it really... I think it was mainly political versus tackling the actual problem. Okay. Aside from that, when it came to issues that needed to be solved or I would have the person above me tell us to hash it out because they didn't have time for that. We had mm -hmm. bigger 
cry. So it was just squash it, figure it out. Time is money. So you don't waste a lot of time. And then if you had a grievance, you would deal with it in that case. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the Navy was pretty cut and dry. The military, in my opinion, was. And in a lot of ways, it made it easy because you just didn't deal with a lot of personality conflicts that affected you too much. The things that I endured weren't great, but I'll just say that based on the work that I'm doing now, a lot of it maybe has to do with some of that. But from a civilian standpoint and from a corporate America standpoint, I'm really trying to solve that issue um, versus the military because the military is just very chain of command. You just go to your supervisor and you handle it there. And if that doesn't work, you go to your divo. And if that doesn't work, hopefully it works because otherwise you're going to captain's mass or something else and nobody wants to do that. Yeah. So obviously you have a lot more power to solve these problems in the civilian world. I haven't heard some of these terms in so long. It's funny. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been a, a minute, but yeah, it's funny. There probably is uh, a lot of that. It's pretty widespread. What do you think the most common sense kind of way to handle it is not necessarily the tactics or the, the steps, mm-hmm. but is the best way to get the two people together and be like, all right, what's the problem? Is that the best way or what is the best way? The best way is to take the person out of it, right? If I have an issue with you, my issue isn't with you. My issue is with the problem that we're trying to tackle here. If it if it has to do with Zoom and, and technical issues and, and their updates and not making it on time, then the solution to that is to do a test run prior to the meeting or make sure that there's no outstanding updates or things like that. And say the link doesn't work, then make sure you have a backup or a alternative solution. I usually have backups to my backup. That's how I solve problems. Maybe that might be a defense way of tackling something. I try to think five or six steps ahead for any possible scenario that could come down the pike. So I think the the easiest thing is, yes, call the person in, sit down with them and say, hey, this is the challenge that I'm facing. How do we solve it? But not just bringing attention to say, hey, I have a problem, right? I'll, I'll come to you and I'll say, you know what? As my partner, as my coworker, these are the things about you that I appreciate. And these are your skills that you bring to the team that I love. However, all of those things aside, right? With all of your talents and all of your skills, this is a challenge that I'm facing or I'm encountering with you. So how can we use those skills that you have and use the skills that I have to solve this problem? So I definitely want to start it off in a very positive way by telling that person, this is what you mean to me. This is why I appreciate you on our team, because that way you're not going into the situation in a defensive mental space. You yeah, it to- makes it difficult if you start off by putting someone on the defense. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And, and you're obviously the type of person who is a good communicator and knows how to handle that as a coworker or a teammate or a supervisor. But when other companies are, are having these problems, how do you come in as an outsider to help them resolve it? Because not everybody has that skill set. I'll say this. One of the challenges that I'm facing with this company is the first thing that comes to mind from a business standpoint is we have human resources. Why do I need you? I have HR, (laughs) right? That person is who everybody goes to for their issues. Here's the thing. I've worked in HR, right? I've been in an executive position as head of HR. I've worked in human resources department. I've been the employee. I've been 
in a situation where I was responsible for helping people solve these things. And I'll say that HR has a lot on their plate. They're not just solving the problems of the company. They're also dealing with policies. They're also dealing with events that are coming up. They're also dealing with organizational management. But your human resources person, I feel, needs to be able to not have a conflict of interest. If an employee has a, a problem and they, yes, they go to HR, HR is not a standalone. They're also an employee of the organization. What's keeping that human resources professional from not playing favorites, right? Favoritism or having a personal conflict with the individual, one of the two individuals that are having a problem or somebody on the team. What's keeping them from not having bias in the situation, right? Mm -hmm. They have to be neutral. Me coming into the situation allows HR, in my opinion, to be that neutral party and not be a part of it. It, it keeps them from being accused of any type of bias. It allows a third person to come in that has no buy-in because I'm not coming in with doing what's best for the organization because that's what the CEO wants. And I'm not the person coming in doing what's best for only the employees because I'm in the human resources department. So I feel like bringing somebody like me in gives an advantage because I'm coming in and I'm looking at the situation with fresh eyes. Yeah, it and rules out any potential, even if there is no conflict of interest mm -hmm. with internal HR people, it, it in addition rules out the opinion that there might have been from anyone within the company. And exactly. in, in my limited experience with HR, because in my corporate days, uh, I did not deal with HR after I was hired. <laughs> I didn't go there. They didn't talk to me. I didn't talk to them. I had no interest. There was no interaction of any kind. And I liked it that way. I yep. got my paycheck and I went home. I, in my experience, HR, at least in at that time, were not trained or proficient in, or even had a role of conflict resolution outside of like paperwork. Like pretty much they didn't do anything unless it escalated to the point where paperwork was needed. Is that still the case? Is that what you are still finding with HR departments? That's just not really something that they really do very much. I'll say that it's getting better. The landscape has changed. The climate has changed in HR with various individuals now in the workplace, right? You have to think about lawsuits. Litigation is the first thing that comes to HR's mind. So they're going to try to do everything they can to prevent being sued and hurting anybody's feelings or uh, misgendering somebody, things like that. Um, you have to walk a very fine line. I would say that that being said, I do think that HR right now is in a really tough spot where they're, they don't have the ability. I don't feel to be a hundred percent there for their people. It sounds like what you're saying is th their hands are tied in a lot of cases. Like you said, their primary objective is to not get sued, mm -hmm. right? Their primary objective is not to have uh, their staff get along and be more productive. It's to not get sued. Exactly. And, and that's exactly. not, and that's not the, the best, that's not the best primary objective to have when there's a conflict between coworkers, right? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants everyone to get along in a perfect world, right? You don't want anything to create a work stoppage. And so you want to minimize conflicts as much as possible. I don't think the solution is just getting rid of somebody because they don't agree with you. I don't think the, the solution is 
shutting people down or making people feel like they need to assimilate to the culture because then they're not able to use their voice. I want to be able to um, give individuals and organizations the tools so that they can use their voice. Everybody's voice uh, needs to be heard. And I feel like to be seen is to be heard. And if anybody in your organization feels like they're not being seen, then they feel like they're not being heard. And behind the scenes, that's going to create a lot of resentment, animosity in the workplace that just builds up. And then later that creates a problem, a bigger problem, because you didn't take the time or HR didn't take the time to get to the bottom of the issue at the beginning when it didn't seem like it was a big deal. I think sometimes the small things, HR might be like, okay, we don't get along right now, or you two don't get along right now. Just have a conversation, figure out what it is and just go about your day because we have a deadline to meet. We have a bottom line to meet. And, and a lot of times that takes precedence over the people, but that problem is going to continue when they get to their next job because we didn't give them the school, the, sorry, the tools that they needed in order to be successful. Yeah, that makes sense. What's the best way for you to help organizations? Do you typically come in when there's a serious problem between people? Do you come in and do training? Do you do like a training program to help them internally learn how to deal with these things? Like how do you approach it from the way you deliver services to your clients? So I do not like coming in once there's a problem because I feel like it's too late. I feel it's best for me to come in when you're having retreats for the organization. Those are times when typically you do team building exercises, right? And one of these team building exercises you can have is bring somebody like me in in order to reverse roles, do role play, put yourself in your subordinate's shoes or your direct report shoes, and you're the direct report for the day. And now your direct report is you, right? Mirroring, reflecting is important. Um, I do provide uh, workshops. Um, I think workshops are beneficial, 90 minutes, right? That's only an hour and a half. Everybody has that time. Lunch and learns where I can come in and provide handouts, things like that, breakout rooms where we sit and we talk about here is a a conflict resolution tool that you can use. Here's some media paperwork, recognizing the way in which other people communicate. Because at the end of the day, I need to be able to speak your language. If I can't speak your language, you're not going to be receptive to anything that I have to say. Right. Makes sense. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Basically like company training retreats, the sort of team building days that, that some businesses have. Yeah, that makes it's sense. not just that, because that only happens like, what, once a year? That's what like I was getting to. Yeah, right. how do you handle that? Because it's not, and not all companies even do that at all, too. I would love to be able to do something with them every six months. That's twice a year. But if they need more than that, checking in every two months would be beneficial, I think, for that organization, especially if, excuse me, you have new people that you're onboarding. I, I think it would be great for me to come in as a part of a onboarding package and create that for new companies or existing companies, but new hires is what I meant to say, Mm -hmm. right? That orientation process is when you come in and you learn everything about the organization, you learn what's expected of you, the culture, the department that you're working in, but it's beneficial to also start it off by setting them up for success by giving them these tools in the beginning where I'm a part of that orientation workshop for them. And then do a follow-up to say, you you hired somebody four months ago. Let's see where they're at right now, four months later. How have you as a director or as a supervisor or manager implemented the tools that I gave you for your new hire? 
And then let's move on to the next step now so that they are using those tools and implementing them daily so that it doesn't get lost or forgotten about. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes sense. I've talked to quite a few other coaches that tell me how toxic so many work environments are and how many problems there really are, which is it's pretty surprising. Business is tough enough without the problems between staff members and personal issues. And it sounds like what you're saying is a lot of those things just come out when there's a difference of opinion about the work itself or the task at hand and uh, different perspectives. And that kind of escalates maybe because of the different viewpoints. How do people get in touch with you to find out about your services, whether they want to do training or whether they you know, need a consultation, they have issues mm-hmm. within their organization? What's the best way? Um, they can reach me at uh, info at thanksimaging.com or just pearl at thanksimaging.com. Um, and I'll be able to reach you and get in contact with you through that. If you go to the website, there's also a uh, contact form on the very first homepage, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can check one or multiple issues uh, where you have a challenge and where you need support. Yeah, perfect. That's thanksimaging.com all the way at the bottom con- consultation form. Cool. Um, awesome. Feel free to tell us anything else uh, about you know conflict resolution and then definitely want to know about your, your media services and your graphics and your video and all that stuff because that's more down my alley. <laughs> Ah, I'll be speaking with my team in October. I know we're we're going to be talking about tools, relevance, prevalence, and keeping your authenticity in New York. So we'll be at the HerRise Conference the 20th and the 21st at Malloy University, um, speaking about the media aspect. And then I'll be talking about leadership and how uh, individuals can navigate changes because a lot of people are getting laid off. How do you handle that fear around layoffs, letting people go and maintaining that psychological safety there. But from the media standpoint, I can't get into too much detail, but I'm super excited. The fact that we're helping an organization right now with their YouTube podcast series right now. So I'm so stoked about that. But we're helping them with uh, a series that they're doing ideas with that, filming with that on location. So I'm excited about that. But, and then another client that I have, we're helping him with his website. He does original glass blowing, things like that. And he has a shop. So we're helping him with TikTok, with his Instagram and his Facebook and just getting those clients in. But we'll be talking about best ways to collaborate, not losing, not just your originality, but technology changes so fast, right? You yourself, you're in technology, right? AI has changed and a a lot of people are afraid of AI, right? What does that mean? I was in a class this morning with Google and the changes that they've made with AI right now and how they can help scale businesses or how your business can benefit from AI. A question that I have for you is what are your thoughts around people utilizing that artificial intelligence technology versus their own creative thinking and individuals not leaning so heavy on that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a great question. First off, there's no such thing as AI. Uh, So there's no such thing as artificial intelligence. We have what's called machine learning and long language models. So it's Mm -hmm. basically supercomputers that are mimicking patterns that they see in language or in uh, video or in images or in words. 
and there's a lot of it's it's called AI because it's a lot more it's a lot cooler, <laughs> right? But technically, there's no such thing yet, and there probably won't be for some time. These new computer learning models, these long large language models, these pattern recognition systems that are built into various different tools can help us do a lot of things. As far as a big picture overview. It, it can't replace the creativeness of a human, not even close, not yet. Um, and so those two things really, they feed off one another. In other words, if you take someone who's very skilled in either copywriting or graphic design or video editing, and you use some of these AI tools, they complement one another. And that's where we're at right now. So I would encourage everyone to whatever your thing is, if you're a copywriter or a, a graphic design person, or you're doing something else, just Google AI tool to do whatever and see what's out there and play with it. And some of them work really well. Some of them not so much and they're new and it's changing so rapidly, but my advice is to adopt it, be practical, adopt anything, any new technology that can help you do what you do better. Are there any caveats or with anything, right? Too much of a good thing can be bad depending on how you use it. Human errors happen all the time. But if you were to give somebody a, a piece of advice around being careful with the way in which they utilize this technology, what would that be? I would say don't be lazy. Some people want to use these AI tools to make their graphic image, write their copy and just click the go button and copy and paste it. And I'm telling you right now, it's not, it's not good enough to do that yet. You have to start by giving it some really good input and that comes from your own creativeness and inspiration. And then just get ideas from it, see what it spits out. It might spit out a couple of different ideas and some of them might be good. And then it's up to you to tweak them to make a finished product. That's really what they're best used for right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. I don't yeah. want people to lose their passion. Just the issue that I see with conflict in general is that people shouldn't be afraid of it. Just you can be frustrated or angry and there's fear around that because people tend to use anger or look at anger as negative and violent only. But again, it's a tool, whether it's um, something that's used to help you realize something or put some fire under your butt, right? I'm not going to curse on this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay um, if you did, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some platforms don't mind it and other ones do. So I never I, know. I Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know who the listeners are. And, you yeah. know, come back later. But back to what I was saying is that the thing with conflict is when you apply for a job, you are excited for that job. There was a reason why you applied, whether it was the fact that you had a skill that you wanted to demonstrate and you wanted other people to uh, experience that, but you had excitement, right? And you got up every day and you were happy to go to this job. People are losing their passion for why they get up every day. And I don't want that to be lost just because there's conflict in the workplace. And because that conflict brews or it sits there or it's ignored, I, I feel like it gets ignored more. Like mm -hmm. People at the top don't address it, even though it's like a huge elephant in the room, but nobody's saying anything yeah. is a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and like you said, it usually turns into a problem. And then they call you. That's when people call me sometimes after they have a problem. And I'm exactly. like, why didn't you call me six months ago when it exactly. wasn't a big problem yet? <laughs> exactly that part. And so I want to get there before it becomes an issue. But I want them to address that there are issues that do exist because everybody knows that there's something. 
and they might be afraid to to discuss it for whatever reason allow me to take that on let me be the person to to help you out and be the I'll let you be the hero right I, i'll be your bad guy but my whole job is to i'm very solution oriented so i just want to solve it i just want to help you so that you can keep doing what you do best and they can keep wanting to come to work because at the end of the day either people are going to quit we all know they quit because of their managers or they're going to be let go and all organizations want to make sure that they retain their employees. And so that's my goal at the end of the day, help the organization retain the people that they have and then help the people that they have retain their passion, their purpose, not lose that purpose and that desire for the work that they're doing for you. Yeah, that's, and that's also important to the bottom line because when the employees have these problems and, and they're struggling working with each other and they lose that passion, their productivity goes way down, right? So exactly. the profitability goes down with it. Not only is it good for the environment and, and the people inside of it, but it's also good for business. And I have one more point I want to make about your AI question, and that's this. As of right now, humans are far superior. That may not always be the case, but that's the case right now. AI can't create. AI cannot create anything. It just copies and mimics what we as humans give it. And so as a creative person of any kind, I don't care what kind of creativity you, you have in, in your profession or your personal life, just think about it that way. So AI is here to assist us to do what we already do well, even better. And that's, I think, the best way to approach it. I like that. I definitely like that. Yeah. And it can only be as good as the input, right, that's coming from the human. But again, I don't want, I definitely, I agree with what you said about not being lazy. I don't want individuals to um, not use their own skills and heavily rely on AI or technology to do all the work for them because then they're not going to get far and they're shooting themselves in the foot or they're doing a disservice to themselves and yeah. nothing can replace the human brain, right? That's unique within itself. So far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years. We'll have to do a, we'll have to do a follow-up and see where we're at then. But yeah, as of right now, that's absolutely true. And you can tell very clearly the difference between an AI-generated piece of work and a piece of work generated by a human. If you're a skilled person, you can tell, even if you're not a, a really skilled person, the way it makes you feel is going to be different. In that as a very creative person, yes. when, you, when you see something and you read something, if there's something off about it, like the person who wrote this isn't normal, right? Yes. You know, <laughs> like there's something off. I don't know what it is, but it, there's something off. And that's because definitely. probably Go. someone copied and pasted it or they used an AI tool and they didn't just use it to get great ideas from, they use it as the finished product without putting it through uh, a human's brain to polish it and make it very personal and very human. So this brings me to another thought. Um, and I don't know how you would respond to this, so I'm very intrigued. But a friend of mine, we recently had a debate, as friends do, about hip hop, right? Who's the greatest rapper? Jay-Z's the GOAT. Okay, so stay with me. All right. So my whole thing with this argument about whether he's a goat or not is that music uh, invokes feelings. And I have a very deep feelings toward 
hip hop and not just, you know, what it means. It's the fact that it invokes feelings based on the way that they write the lyrics, the way that they deliver the lyrics makes you feel some type of way, whether it it causes you to go out and do something actionable or it helps you connect with your feelings when you're not feeling so good. However, that being said, there was recently someone that took and it's nominated right now for a Grammy, but they took Drake's voice and they also took, who did they take? I think they took Drake and The Weeknd and they took their voices and created a song through AI. And now that song is up for nomination, even though neither one of them wrote any lyrics. Somebody just stole their voice and created that. Mm-hmm. And technology was also recently in the news for creating a, now I know this is not what we're talking about here, but they created like a 14 day embryo without any human And so those are the scary parts of technology. What is what is going too far based on what I said, especially from the music standpoint, the fact that you can steal somebody's artistry, their work, their voice, what makes them and create something and say, this is music. That's very similar to just recently. There's on Instagram, there's some AI girls. They're fake. They're artificial intelligence. They're video models. They're not real people. Mm -hmm. And they have these enormous followings of men who are in love with them, which is sad and pathetic in its own way. But the point remains that things haven't even started to get weird yet. Things are going to get weird. Even with that being weird, you're like, we're still not there. No, that's nothing. <laughs> that is weird. That's disturbing to me as a man. But it's. I, I want to say that it's funny, but it's just sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> come on. But no, things are going to get weird. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. And it just made me think, what's the end goal with both of those situations? What is it that they're trying to do, prove? I'm watching. I think the opposite might happen. I've been watching Carol on Tuesday. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a it's an anime. And so in this anime, they do a America's Got Talent type competition. But what's crazy about this is that they live on Mars. That's where everybody lives and where they're from. And, And some of them came from Earth. And I guess Earth is gone now. So they all live on Mars. But is Elon Musk there? No, Elon Musk is not there. (laughs) But the thing is, Carol and Tuesday are two girls that they write and they produce and sing their own music. Everyone else on Mars has used AI for everything, for all of their music, for it's just common knowledge. It's well known. And it's gotten to the point that people are so used to the AI that Carol and Tuesday using their original voice their original songs in lyric writing is refreshing. And so they're getting more recognition because they're not using AI, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean, a pushback. Pendulum swings one way and it goes a little far and then people are like, okay, this is getting a little too weird and then it goes back the other way. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, that's how things go. That pendulum swings back and forth and back and forth and it tries to find an equilibrium someplace. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly how to answer that. It's, It's a pretty open question, but I think that some people like you and me are going to, educated professional people are going to 
be very practical about it. And we're going to know what makes a better product. And the marketplace is going to decide. The marketplace and people will decide for each different sort of service and product and entertainment, et cetera. Do I want an AI version or do I want a real people version or something in between? And the trends are going to take place regardless of what you and I think, <laughs> which is either good or bad, but doesn't matter because that's what's going to happen. So I don't know how to answer your question, but it definitely is going to get weird. And yeah, hopefully what you're describing will be a part of that. I've had a lot of people on the podcast, a lot of business coaches and speakers talking about keeping humans human, right? I think there's a lot of pushback to this idea of let's be cyborgs all of a sudden and put wires in our brains and, and start being weird. Now, at the same time, I'm practical going, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad idea either, but we should be very careful about it. And there is right. a lot of discussion about it. And I think the most important thing is that there's, there are these discussions happening and we're asking the questions, what's going to happen, what should happen, what's good, what's not right. good about it. I think that is really refreshing because we're very early on in the widespread adoption of AI. This is very early on. Everyone's AI has been around a long time. Yeah, okay, fine. If you were a super nerd and you had some weird open source AI tool a few years ago, yeah, mm -hmm. sure, it existed, but not like it does now. Now there's new AI tools and SaaS right. tools coming out. Every week there's new ones. And so now it's hitting mainstream adoption because it's functional, it's practical, and it, it is adding value to the marketplace. And so now is just the beginning of mainstream adoption and people all over are already having these discussions. Like, is this dangerous? What shouldn't it be used for? What should it be used for? So I ethics. think that's the most important thing. Yes, exactly. And ethics is one of them too, right? In schools, wh whether you can adopt AI, use it or not, right? If it's banned in the classroom for high school students, or college students, and are they actually learning? Again, that goes back to people being lazy, right? Or are they just trying squeaking by just so they can pass this class? But I think that in all things, balance is needed, whether we're talking about utilizing AI and media from a capacity standpoint, if you have a, a business and you're just one person, utilizing those tools in order to, to allow you to stay on top of orders or workloads or, or things like that, as long as you are being honest about it and authentic about it and it's a, it can help with your creativity. It can help you with ideas. Again, it's just a tool. Same thing with conflict resolution. You have to have balance in all of it. You can't just, I can't come in there and just be slamming a hammer and looking at everything as a nail and organizations can't do that either, but you have to have balance between the needs of the organization, the individual aligning with those values for that organization while at the same time, balancing the needs of the human being and their how they feel coming to work every day and making sure that they feel, you know what, I can stay here another two or three years. I'm not looking to to leave or walk outside the door because my company really gives a shit about me, right? I did curse there, but that's all good. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I always tell businesses, I deal with this all the time. They always want the new shiny thing that they think is going to help them. One day it's cold email marketing. The next day it's LinkedIn. The next day it's Facebook ads. The next day it's something else. And if you don't have a strategy and if you don't mm -hmm. understand the foundational 
principles that make things work in a strategic, holistic process that involves many tools and steps, then those shiny things and new AI tools aren't going to help you. It's just going to magnify whatever you're getting back. So if your return on your efforts are zero, then adding those new tools, your returns are going to continue to be zero. And now you're wasting more time with more tools and spending money for them. But if you are a skilled person and you already understand how to do your job well and to get results doing it, then implementing those tools is going to give you more leverage and more ability. So that's the way I view it. It's something that's going to help make you better as long as you are already a skilled person who understands the foundational concepts to, to make things work. So yeah, like back to your example of using AI to, to write college papers and stuff, that's probably a good thing if you're someone who has already mastered writing and communication and grammar, then that's probably a good thing to use. But if you haven't mastered those things already to a certain point, then it's probably hurting you in the long run. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're being tested on that at the end of the day, you can't bring your computer in there, right? You have to know what all of those things mean. So yeah, definitely for sure. And I, I want to emphasize that with both of these situations, nobody's losing here, right? Some people feel like utilizing these tools might be like a loss of power. Are they losing some sense of control? And there's not a, a loss in a sense of control, whether you're utilizing these tools too. If they um, think that, they should go trade in their car for a horse and buggy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely want to just say this is something else that is just going to, to help you out. It's going to take what you already do and make it better. Me coming in to help you resolve issues that you have in your organization is, again, not a loss of control or power. Just because I'm here letting you know these are different ways in which to approach the problem. And there's not a one-size-fits-all solution for everything. Each situation is completely different. Each situation needs a, a different way of approaching it. And sometimes the way that you've been doing it for years, um, there, there are organizations that feel like this is what we've been doing forever. So there's no need for us to change. And <laughs> no I need to change. Oh boy, right. that's horrible. I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. As a business, as an entrepreneur, as anyone in a leadership position, if you're not trying to get better every day, then I don't know why you're there. And if you're not, if you're not getting better, you can't help your people get better. So you shouldn't be in that position, quite frankly. That's just my opinion. I'm not putting words in your mouth, <laughs> but I'm pretty upfront with my clients. If I see a problem like that, I'm just going to tell them what it is because I don't want to deal with it. We mm -hmm. have to be professionals. We have to be practical and it's okay that we're not good at everything. You, we're not good at everything. We have our strengths and weaknesses and we're supposed to work together to share information and, and to share our knowledge and experience so that we can learn from each other to, to grow. So there's exactly. nothing wrong with that. That's what you're supposed to do. So calling someone like yourself and being like, Hey, like you are experienced and you have a lot of skills to deal with this. And we would like to learn from you. Like, help us out. I think that's a very mm -hmm. smart thing to do. Exactly. I am right there with you. Definitely grow. Try something new. Don't stay in the same place because you're just going to be left behind, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Nothing, Nothing works forever. Nothing works forever. The oldest companies and brands in the world are all out of business. They're gone. 
Why is that? They didn't uh, keep up with... I've, I definitely want to say that I have learned a lot just being on this podcast, um, speaking with you. It's nice to pick your brain as well, because not often have I been on podcasts where we've were the person that's been there has asked the question of the interviewer. So I really do appreciate you just taking the time to let me know your thoughts on that as well, just so that people going back and listening to this and watching this can ponder and change their perspective when it comes to utilizing these tools and what they might mean and and why you said those things. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the questions too. Yeah, it's interesting. I love talking to people with a different point of view and pretty much everyone has a different point of view. And so Mm -hmm. it's always interesting because if we're talking about the same thing and you see it from a different perspective than I do, I can, now I can see it from two perspectives, right? That's a positive thing. Now I, I know more about it than I did before. I love that. So I appreciate that. And you're definitely a thinker and you're definitely someone who is going to go far. I know it. So yeah, thanks so much for your time on the podcast. And let's just remind everyone to get a hold of you. Thanksimaging.com. Go right to the website. There's some real quick, easy to understand information about what you do and how you do it. A contact form at the bottom. And of course, LinkedIn, Pearl Michelson. Thanks Imaging. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much as well. And I want to remind people that if they don't solve these issues, this is a over $864 billion problem. Ouch. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I, I look forward to everybody just hitting me up and let me know what your issue is. And let's talk about it. Let's solve it. Let's figure it out so that you guys can stay on top. Fantastic. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks.